From Charter Hall and Banish, this is Sustainability Further. I'm your host, Lottie DL. You're listening to Sustainability Further, a podcast by Charter Hall. One of Australia's leading property groups, Charter Hall is focused on creating innovative spaces and going further to build a better future for all. So welcome back to another episode of Sustainability Further. Now, this episode is going to operate a little bit differently than usual. We're flipping the roles and I'm actually going to be interviewed by a past guest and the ESG manager at Charter Hall, Lena Rico Gomez. Thank you, Lori. I am really excited about this episode. Um, You've been hosting this podcast for almost three years now. Um, I've been on the podcast and it it was a great experience. And we thought that um, it was well overdue that we find find out more about you. So, yeah, we're very, very happy to to do this. Um, So you launched Banish over four years ago, uh, a platform to help educate Australians on how to live more sustainably. Uh, not to mention the Brad program on, uh, and you have also been just awarded the 2023 Young Australian of the Year for um, New South Wales, um, which is great. And congratulations, we are all very excited and honored to be part of your um, of your podcast. Um, so let's start with the question that you always ask uh, your guests, and is uh, what does the word sustainability mean to you? Thank you so much. It actually is so funny and surreal to be answering this question because I feel like I've spoken to so many different people about it and everybody always has such a different answer. But I think for me, the term sustainability means to give back to our planet and to our systems so that it can keep on going and we can keep on living the way that we want to live in the future. I think for so long we've kind of been taking and we haven't been giving back. So I think for me, the word sustainability means giving back and really playing into not only the circular economy, but more just in general in systems and how we can play our role, whether it's in the natural system or in ecology and all of these different um, living systems that we have in place today. Amazing. And on that topic of giving back, what um what projects can you give us a little bit of an overview of the projects that you um that you have worked on and also um being awarded the New South Wales Young Australian of the Year is a really big achievement. Um so maybe if you can also tell us what projects you've worked on to, to achieve that uh, yeah. that award. There are two questions. Uh, clearly, I, this is my first time. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. So I think for me, there's, yeah, there's a couple of, I feel like I'm always working on five or six different projects, but the main thing, there's always a common theme. And that common theme for me is always education and teaching Australians how they can do their bit when it comes to sustainability. I was the individual that wanted to do better. I wanted to do something for the planet four and a half years ago. And when I started actively pursuing that and trying to do my bit, it was so hard and it was so difficult and it was overwhelming and I really didn't know where to start. When I started doing my research, I was a journalist at the time, so I was really great at researching and kind of digging into things, but 
I couldn't find any information just that was available just for the everyday person who wanted to do something. There was all of this great information for people who were kind of already living and breathing sustainability or who had studied environmental studies and who were doing all of these things. But for the everyday person, there didn't really seem to be much information available about those simple changes that you could make in your lifestyle or about how to reduce your plastic consumption or how to recycle right or even get into compost. It felt like there was just kind of this black hole of information and it wasn't really accessible. And I'd done my research. I knew what was happening with the planet. I understood to an extent that we all needed to make changes and that we all really needed to band together to do something better for the planet. But there was, it was kind of like, yeah, there wasn't really any actions that people could take or any accessible information for everyday people. So that was why I launched Banish as an education platform to teach people how to make those simple changes. It's not about, well, it's not accessible for everybody to kind of live off the grid in a solar powered home Mm -hmm. and never drive their car again and never fly again. And I don't know, never eat meat again. There was all, it, I kind of wanted there to be this information so for an everyday individual, they could just do a couple of things and those couple of things would make a big difference because there would be thousands or hundreds of thousands of Australians also doing those things as well. And kind of the second wave of the issues that I found was around greenwashing. So Mm. when I was on my quest to kind of be more sustainable and to try all of these different products, one of the things that I did my research into was the most sustainable type of straw because I was a big smoothie drinker and at home I was putting in a plastic straw into my smoothies and I went, well, okay, if I'm trying to do this whole planet thing, I need to be doing the right thing. So I ordered, well, I first of all did all of this research because I was like, oh, well, what's the carbon footprint of this and how long does this one last and where's it made from? Where's it made? What's it made from? All of this stuff. And eventually I decided that a stainless steel straw was the best option for me. I ordered five, like a set of five online from what I thought was a sustainable store. And then they arrived a couple of days later in a plastic post satchel and each (laughs) straw was individually wrapped in plastic. And it was so heartbreaking. And I just went, oh my gosh, I've done all of this work, all of this research. I thought I was supporting a sustainable brand and I was heartbroken. So I, instead of kind of lying in that despair and just crying myself to sleep at night, I went, well, there are actually sustainable stores in Australia and sustainable brands that are doing the right things, but they don't really have a way to market themselves to big audiences because they're so focused on their core message or what they're doing as like an individual brand. So I thought, well, why not join them together as a collective group and then we can work they can work together so we can have the Mm. education side which is like okay here's how you reduce your waste at home and then we can actually give them a trusted reliable brand like a sustainable straw company that's actually doing the right thing and then they can kind of work together in harmony so that was kind of how i launched banish four and a half years ago and then off the back of that as kind of a second bit of a beast. Um, There is the BRAD program. So that's the Banish Recycling and Disposal Program that helps Mm -hmm. recycle hard to recycle items. So 
I'd always known that I wanted to give back to our audience and our community in some way, but I wasn't really sure how. I know a lot of different companies do things like they donate 1% for the planet or they plant a tree for every order or they do all of these amazing great things, but I wanted something that would then again come back to that education of our community. So I thought, well, why not provide them with the opportunity to recycle these hard to recycle items like blister packs and beauty products and plastic toothbrushes, and then also incentivize them by giving them a $15 voucher to spend on sustainable purchases. So the thought process is kind of like, send us your plastic toothbrushes and your plastic toothpaste tubes. And then with that $15 voucher, you can buy a bamboo toothbrush and some toothpaste in a jar. So it's kind of encouraging that behavior change for people who probably weren't really that excited about recycling to start with, but needed a little bit of an extra nudge or a push. So that program has absolutely exploded. We have just turned two and have diverted over 12 tons of waste from landfill from over 11,000 different households, which equates to about 150,000 different items of plastic that have been kept out of landfill. So that, Brad, is a beast. (laughs) It (laughs) is huge. Um, We now have a, it's completely volunteer run. So we have about 40 regular volunteers a month that come in and literally sort through people's rubbish and send it on to those Australian recyclers to be recycled. So there's lots of different things happening. And then that's not to mention as well all of the corporate education that I do. So things like working with Charter Hall on this podcast and doing different lunch and learns and talks and um, community engagement with local councils as well. Mm, Amazing. Which items you recycle on the in uh, through Brad? I'm just curious too, which are the hard items? There is a lot of hard items to recycle, but so many hard items. So probably I'd say the top five that we do are bottle top lids, blister packs, Mm -hmm. contact lenses, and then beauty products. Oh, okay. Amazing. Um, Yeah. Well, yeah. uh, Lids shouldn't be that hard to recycle because they are very good plastic, right? Exactly. They're like one of those really great plastics. The issue that we have with lids is the rise of Tetra packs. So those um, like, I don't know, your oat milks and almond milks and things like that, those Tetra packs often can't go into curbside recycling bins. So because they can't be recycled, then people will send us just the lid section from that. Whereas if yep. you've got a milk bottle, you can sc- a plastic milk bottle, you can screw the lid back on and it can be curbside recycled. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's a bit, it's education, right? It's so difficult to to know about these things. I work in sustainability on an everyday basis and I don't, I don't know all the details of how care recycling works and what items are accepted and not. Um, it is so anyway. difficult. And you just it mentioned you moved, difficult. so you might have moved into a different council area, so then exactly. it has a completely different bin system. It's really mm-hmm. difficult. Yeah, it is. It's not standardized. It's just really, really hard. But um, anyway, just uh, in back home, I am from Colombia and the leads, they, they caught my attention because there is a program that only collects leads and all the proceeds goes, go to a charity that support, supports um, vulnerable kids. Um, home, homelessness and, and so on. So they, I know that, and they only accept leads and they, the bins that they give you are like little, they have a little round hole. 
so you can only put lids because it's apparently the best plastic. Um, it's kind of high quality. So anyway, just a side note. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, but I want to know more about the uh, New South Wales Young Australian of the Year. So it's, um, was there was one of these projects that uh, got you the award or was it uh, a different one? Or it's just kind of your your commitment to sustainability throughout the last four or five years or, or more? I think it is just the commitment to the sustainability, kind of everything was mentioned. Um, so the way that the process works is that somebody nominated me. I'm not really sure. Someone within the community nominated me for the award and then um, I was just sent a link that kind of said, congratulations, you've been nominated, fill out this oh. form, mm -hmm. um, which kind of talks about your achievements and what you want to be, like what you're working towards and kind of what your aims and your goals are. And then there was also kind of a referral. So I had to then give a couple of different referees, kind of like when you're going for a job interview mm -hmm. um, as well. So that was kind of the process behind it. But, yeah, I think it was just in general the education and the kind of the overall work that I was doing that was the kind of the reason for the award but it's still very surreal it happened a couple of weeks ago and I'm still yeah pinching myself it's very yes. exciting you it, well deserve you've done so so much work for the communities it's really inspiring what are some of the biggest challenges that you are facing um, with the projects that you describe but also What do you think are the biggest challenges that young Australians are facing in, in relation to sustainability? Ooh, two good questions. I think in general, the struggles that I'm facing right now um, are probably with growth of the BRAD program. It's really exciting to see how many people are participating in the program and are excited about it and want to be involved. But it never was meant to be this big. It was meant to be a very small kind of side piece that gave back to our current community And it has completely overtaken the Banish, yeah, what Banish's community is. And it now services so many people that as well. And the reason why curbs, like why your local councils don't accept these items like blister packs and beauty products and things like that is because they're low value items. We have to pay for them to be recycled in Australia. That's how it works. It's not kind of that we're getting money for any of these different waste streams. So as the program grows, so does the cost of running the program. So does the space that we need to operate in. It originally mm. was it was happening in my laundry at home and then it was happening in my backyard and we'd have volunteering days in my backyard and then it would rain so we'd have to cancel the volunteering days. <laughs> so now it kind of takes over the Banish warehouse. So it kind of as it grows, so does all of the kind of the financial costs, the space costs, everything like that with the program. So that is definitely a challenge as well because it's been a big re-education of consumers too that recycling costs money. It's mm. a business and I think when we put something in our curbside bin at home, that cost is kind of covered by the rates that we pay or the rent that we pay, but we don't really think about that. So then mm. for people when they're kind of going, hang on, I'm going to send you what I consider my rubbish and I have to pay for that to be recycled, it's a very different thing for people to think about and something that they haven't really had to consider in the past. So that's also an education for us is kind of saying 
blister packs, for example, are really difficult to recycle. The amount of processing that goes into the separation of the aluminium from the plastic takes forever. They're a very lightweight product, so we need to get a literal like couple of hundred kilos of them before we can actually process them. So it's kind of one of those, yeah, that's definitely a challenge for us is that re-education of people around what how recycling works from a business yeah. perspective. Um, and then I think for young people, the biggest challenges that they face is we're kind of growing up in this, like, it's not a, I don't see the environment as being doomed, but it's kind of on, it's definitely on a downhill slope at the moment. We've got the, like, global warming is happening, all the sea levels are rising, all of this stuff is already happening that is out of our control. So we're kind of in this fixing up stage and Mm -hmm. we're trying to do the right thing, but we're almost kind of fixing up what wasn't our responsibility and the like wasn't our fault in the first place so I feel like we're often on the back foot which is really difficult because you're kind of walking into rooms and you're walking into different conversations with people who are like well this is the system and this is how it's always been and this is how it's always going to be and Mm -hmm. we're kind of coming in and saying well why is it like that does it have to be like that? What if you tried this? What if you tried that? And looking at it with that fresh perspective, which I think is really great and really exciting and often can lead to innovation and into change. But it's also really difficult when you're going up against people who have got years and years worth of experience on you who probably, well, they do know better in some ways. They know better in terms of the old way of how it's been processed, but because they've been doing it for so long, they often don't really consider the new ways of doing it or the innovation that could happen or kind of what is going on. So I think that is definitely a really big challenge. But I think for me, I think sometimes the naivety that young people have is really great and that's Mm -hmm. what helps make things happen. I think if I had known that Brad was going to be so hard and so difficult and grow into such a big beast, I probably still would have done it, but I would have done it in a very different way that probably wouldn't have been so ambitious and so open and so bold. So I think that's a really great thing to see from young people and that they're happy to take those risks. They're happy to kind of give it a go without having that whole, well, last time I did it, then this went wrong and then this was the implications or what if this could happen? I think when you are ambitious and excited and you've got an idea, then failure really isn't an option. And I don't think that failure is something that can happen because I think there's always so much that can be learnt as well. Yeah, um, I think that's so. It's so nice to hear that because sometimes you forget um, how young people are so passionate and uh, they have this fresh perspective because they haven't seen. Uh, for for me, for example, I've been in sustainability for a long time, so sometimes uh, there are days where I'm like, oh, this is it's gonna be the same. It's not gonna work, and I'm gonna try again. But it's you know, uh, it's. Uh, banging my head against the wall whereas and maybe because of that you you lose a bit of that passion whereas when you you know 20 years ago um i would have just tried whatever and just do it bigger and bolder and uh, which is what you were doing uh, so yeah that's a it's a good reminder i think for for all of us to, to look at the young people for for inspiration 
uh, and in line with that, what advice do you do you think you can give to our listeners um, who can feel often like they are just one person pushing or changing or getting nowhere? You know, uh, you probably have felt this. Definitely, I think. Your journey. Yeah, I think I felt it a lot more at the start of my journey. I don't think I'm feeling it as much anymore because I think after being and working in this industry for so long, I'm connected with people like yourself and people who are really making change, positive changes and big differences. So it probably doesn't feel as lonely now because I'm surrounded by those people. But I think when I was that person that felt like I was just one person pushing against the tide or pushing, yeah, pushing forwards. I think that it's you're not alone. There are so many people out there who are like you who are also doing their bit. And I know that it can feel so disheartening when you kind of go down to your, I don't know, your recycling bins if you live in an apartment building and all of your neighbors are getting it wrong. You can kind of feel like, well, why did I spend so long sorting this out and not, and everybody else is just getting it, yeah, putting everything in the wrong bin. I think that it's really important for, everybody to remember that you're not alone. There are other people out there that are pushing for change and there is so much good news happening. There is so much innovation happening in Australia as well as overseas. I think we can often look to kind of other countries and say, look what they're doing in Sweden or have you seen the latest news in Japan and this and that. Nothing's happening in Australia. There is some really exciting things happening in Australia. There are some really amazing people here that are championing recycling that are creating I don't know enzymes that eat plastic that are I don't know using stem cells to create different types of meat like there are so many great things happening in Australia so I think if you are feeling doomed and gloomy and like there's no point I don't know continuing to fight for the planet I think I would just simply do a google search or have a look around Instagram or social media because you will find those really great stories. But I think another really big piece of advice that somebody told me was focus on what you can control, not what you can't, because it's really easy to look at things like, I don't know, I'm never going to be able to have solar panels on my roof because I'm a renter or I'm so annoyed because, I don't know, the buses in my area aren't electric. Those are things that you probably can't change that much. But what you can change is remembering your reusable coffee cup or reducing your plastic consumption or having a day without eating meat. So I would focus on those actionable things that you can do rather than those ones that you can't control. Yeah, that's great advice. I think um, I, I agree. There are a lot of things, um, other things you can influence, uh, and that's what we learn in sustainability. You can control some things, you can influence or try to influence a lot of decisions, uh, and there are certain things you you don't have, you don't have control, and you you need to let go. That um, that builds resilience. Well, thank you so much, Lori. It has been amazing to talk to you again. Congratulations on your award. Um, and I'm sure if uh, young people need some inspiration, they can look up to you and your projects and get involved. So thank you very much for sharing your story and for having me as your host. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Lena. It's actually been really fun to be in the, I don't know what you would say, the guest seat. So thanks yeah. for having me. 
This conversation is part of Charter Hall and Banish's podcast series, Sustainability Further. This series has been designed to inspire Australians to be more environmentally responsible and to take climate action. Sustainability Further is produced by Banish. Charter Hall's purpose is to create better futures by bringing aspirations to life.